I can actually look at DNA and see what you're prone to with gut imbalances anyway. The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day and welcome to the Genesis Zone show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule on this beautiful Thursday. Um, have you ever suffered from a traumatic event? Um, and it could be something as severe as sexual abuse or physical abuse, or it could be something like being present when someone was abused or died. Um, or it could be uh, simply neglect or abandonment. Uh, did you have symptoms associated with those post-traumatic stress disorder uh, issues such as sadness, anxiety, uh, memory difficulties, unexplained pain, nightmares, or flashbacks? Well, scientists have discovered how trauma experiences actually accelerate aging. But better yet, uh, they may be very close to a solution for this problem. Uh, so stay tuned as we kind of dive into that and discover more about this topic. In the United States alone, 6% of the population will struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder at any point in time. And this is the adult population, actually. Um, this translates to about 12 million adults per year. Now, sadly, um, being having practiced psychiatry now for 23 years, uh, I, I estimate that these numbers are exceptionally low for, for adult reporting because traumatic events actually follow you your entire life. And the most recent information we have is that about two-thirds of children, it's an astounding number, I know, but two-thirds of children report at least one traumatic event prior to the age of 16 years. Now that's about 34.8 million children based on the Adverse Childhood Events Study or ACEs study, one of the longest on, ongoing trauma studies in the world. It's been going on for uh, decades now. And if that's not scary enough, the ACEs study has also found that uh, five out of 10 of the leading causes of death are associated with adverse childhood events. Now, there's a discrepancy there. If, if only 12 million adults per year are reporting trauma or PTSD, um, yet we have about 34.8 million children per year that are affected by trauma and have these adverse childhood events and subsequent PTSD. And if, if it's not resolved in childhood, which most of it does not get resolved in childhood, then we carry it into adult years. Then the adult reporting is exceptionally low. And we have to pay attention to the ACEs data. Because when you look at the fact that five out of 10 of the leading causes of death are associated with adverse childhood events, that's significant. It's astronomical, actually. Uh, just to give you a little further perspective on what I'm talking about, if we could prevent adverse childhood events from occurring in the first place, um, that would translate to a decrease in adult depression 
conservatively by at least 44%. So what does all this mean in relation to today's topic of accelerated aging? Well, without, uh, without being sarcastic or snarky, if five out of 10 of the leading causes of death are associated with adverse childhood events, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, then it makes sense that those adverse child, childhood events leading to those five, uh, 50% of the ca- main, main causes of death in America, that they accelerate aging, such as heart disease, s- stroke, uh, heart attacks, diabetes, obesity, depression, so on and so forth. They all lead to accelerated aging. But why? Well, we've not really understood that until now. Actually, there was a study published in Molecular Psychiatry in, on, on July the 22nd of this year. And Israeli researchers um, studied a very large group of military personnel who had known diagnoses of post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, aside from the usual uh, higher incidences of depression, anxiety, and substance abuse that we quite often see uh, as consequences of of trauma, uh, they found something quite interesting in their biomarker analysis of these PTSD survivors. Now, the, the biomarkers that they looked at, and they looked at numerous ones, but they found four uh, previously unstudied gut bacteria uh, levels that were noted to be severely low uh, in these trauma survivors. Uh, Interestingly, there was a kind of a seesaw reaction where they saw these low levels in these four unstudied bacteria. They saw high levels of of bacteria called, uh, and it's a classification uh, of bacteroidetes and formicutes. You don't have to remember those names just know that we've been aware of bacteroidetes and formicutes. You may have actually heard uh, some of the data over the past, you know, two or three years related to these two groups of bacteria as they relate to obesity. And you've actually seen some higher level research centers. It's not mainstream practice, but higher level research centers are actually doing fecal transplant in morbidly obese children. Uh, to change their ratios of bacteroidetes and formicutes. Um, but in this particular study, these four previously unstudied bacteria were too low and the bacteroidetes and formicutes were too high. Now, the reduction of these four types of bacteria and the elevation of the other two were associated with uh, symptoms like worsening of intrusive thoughts. Now, intrusive thoughts are, are the, uh, the, the process by which these thoughts interject into your mind, these very pessimistic, very negative, very doomsday type thoughts interject into your mind and you can't do anything about them. They're just there and you obsess about them. Um, so those, those changes in the levels of those gut bacteria were associated with worsening of intrusive thoughts. They were also associated with worsening of hyper arousal states. Um, we might call that hyper vigilance, meaning you're on constant alert all the time. You're kind of looking over your shoulder. Uh, it's easy to call that paranoia. It's not paranoia. It's an anxiety state. Um, but this hyper arousal state means you're on constant high alert at all times. 
And these changes in the bacteria were also associated with worsening of reactivity to stressful situations. And this was just a few of them, but those were the three uh, uh, biggies uh, that they saw in this particular study associated with these bacteria imbalance. And, and for those who, um, who received a successful treatment of their PTSD and did not have the symptoms that I just mentioned, um, they had the opposite presentation. Those four previously unstudied bacteria are actually normal or normal high levels. And the bacteroides and formicides actually had low levels. Now, here's where it gets really, really interesting. Um, another one of the biomarkers they found uh, was associated with uh, energy production in your body. Now, as I've previously discussed, our body is an energetic powerhouse. In fact, you've probably heard me talk about mitochondria and CoQ10 or coenzyme Q10 as being part of these energy pathways and that we can actually check genetics related to these mitochondria pathways to see how healthy, healthy they are. Well, dialing down even further in this energy production pathway, um, there's an enzyme involved in energy production that has been found to be associated with, guess what, premature or accelerated aging uh, when its levels are too low. Now, this enzyme is called, and you don't, again, you don't need to remember the name of this. I'm just telling you for the sake of this, this podcast, uh, the enzyme is called transaldolase. Now, we call it TAL for short. Now, TAL is, uh, has been, we've been aware of it for a long time. Uh, you've heard of oxidative stress. It's when, when cellular uh, uh, respiration occurs, in other words, energy production and activity uh, of the cells occur, we create uh, free radicals, okay? This is on the non-oxidative side of the energy pathway, but it's still in the energy pathway. And researchers in the study found that TAL was drastically reduced in trauma survivors with the highest states of that hyper arousal and reactivity to stressful situations. So in other words, the people who were in this constant fight or flight most often had the lowest levels of TAL. Uh, and as such, the, the assumption is, is that because of these extremely low levels of TAL, these particular trauma survivors were at the greatest risk for accelerated aging. And I would dare add, and it was not brought out in the study, they're also at accelerated risk for, guess what? Go back to the ACEs study, those five, um, those five common uh, causes of death in, in the United States. So if we're accelerating aging, we're accelerating illness. And, and, and I'm talking about physical illness, not mental illness, physical illness. So the, the two go hand in hand. Now, the clinical implications here are huge, but the possibilities for improvement are even bigger. Now, I'll have to admit, uh, technology is going to have to catch up just a little bit. Uh, testing for TAL is only done in research settings at this point. However, this particular study has brought to light the importance of TAL in a clinical setting. We've never understood it like we have until now. 
so I, I hope that soon we will have a commercially available test for TAL. I mean, think about this. What if you had a police officer or a fireman or a paramedic or an ER physician or an ER nurse who are constantly exposed to trauma or military personnel that are constantly exposed to trauma and you were making the decision of whether you wanted to leave them uh, on the battlefront, so to speak, <laughs> or pull them back into a job where they weren't exposed to so much trauma, uh, then you would want to check these TAL levels. And if the TAL levels are too low, then that means their PTSD symptoms are worse and they're more likely to have health consequences, more likely to have accelerated aging. So we would pull them back into jobs where they didn't have to be on the front line, so to speak, and we could wait for their TA, TAL levels to return to healthy uh, levels before we put them back into frontline type of action. Now, that's just one possible implication for the use of a, TA, a commercially available TAL lab. But I, I think we will see it used for that in clinical settings um, soon. And I say, when I say soon, in the next few years. Now, there are commercially available tests for gut bacteria, but to my knowledge, the four uh, previously un, unresearched bacteria, uh, they don't even have names right now. They just have numbers. Uh, those bacteria have no tests for them outside of a research setting. Uh, we do have commercial tests for bacteroidetes and formicutes, uh, but not the other four. Uh, but that's an easy fix, really, it is. Um, and I think hopefully available, uh, we'll see available soon, uh, these tests for that, those other four kind of uh, oddball bacteria uh, that we've not previously looked at. Uh, in the meantime, what can we do? And, and that's a really important question. Well, we can test um, gut bacteria for the things that we can check for. We can test for bacteroidetes and formicutes balance. And if we see that these levels are too high, then there are things that we can actually do from a functional medicine standpoint to help rebalance those levels. Uh, all that being said, uh, a good gut health hygiene program needs to be followed by everyone on a daily basis anyway. Uh, in other words, you need to guard uh, what goes into your mouth. Uh, you know, uh, there are certain foods that we need to gravitate towards and there are certain foods that we need to stay away from. Um, you know, taking a good, solid, well-rounded probiotic and then balancing with other very specific probiotics as needed uh, to get uh, get imbalances corrected. Now, in addition to that, uh, nutritionally supporting our neurological system so that the PTSD symptoms may not be quite as severe so that the health consequences that can be triggered because of PTSD may not be quite as severe or may not be present at all. Uh, again, there needs to be some research done on that, but we know we can nutritionally support the neurological system and the body simply by starting with DNA first. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, I mean, just where I come from in clinical practice and what I've seen in clinical practice by starting with DNA first, it's probably more important than the former. Now, you're, you're going to have your gut balance people that are going to argue that, but I can actually look at DNA and see what you're prone to with gut imbalances anyway. Uh, but all that being said, when we're looking at DNA and how we can nutritionally support your DNA throughout your entire body and brain and your neurological system, you know, we're looking at uh, things that we can help modify, such as inflammation and detoxification. 
methylation, mitochondria uh, function and neurotransmitter function. Um, and if, if we, if we don't necessarily, I, I believe this, if we don't start with, with uh, DNA first, then I believe that our boat is sunk before we ever leave the dock clinically when we're developing a treatment plan. Uh, that's why I start with genetics first and everybody that I work with. Um, that's all I've got for today. If uh, you would like to discuss this further or, or uh, you're kind of already on board, you've been following me for a while and you're curious to know what it would take to get started, even checking your DNA, message me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Brian G. Brown. Uh, I'll be glad to show you, um, you know, the process and the next steps that you need to kind of get started. Uh, tune in uh, next Thursday at noon Eastern Standard Time uh, for our next In the Zone segment, where we'll be talking about um, my insights about the latest research as it as it pertains to optimizing your physical and emotional health, as it pertains to optimizing your your genes, your DNA, uh, because as I said, that's critical. Uh, most informed, most trusted, and most grateful you spent this time with us today. Until next time, stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown. Uh-huh.